This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome to a new year of Worth Recovery, the year 2017. I'm Amy. I'm a recovering sex addict. I'm the host and the founder of Worth Recovery. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I love New Year's. I'm one of those people that makes a big chart of New Year's resolutions. Not just resolutions. I make like a whole full life plan for my next year. Complete with charts, graphs, usually a PowerPoint presentation, pictures, and music to boot. I love the hope of a new year. Yes, for some resolutions fall by the wayside within weeks or maybe even sometimes days. Okay, I get that. Some people might not be so keen on the new year, but the fact is that for what I think is a spiritual reason, the world seems to start over at the new year. And that gives me hope. Hope for a new start, hope for a new beginning, hope for change. And I am incredibly grateful for that. So welcome to 2017. I am super excited about this episode, and so I'm just going to jump right in. My question for you today for this episode is this. Are you all in when it comes to your recovery? Are you all in? Think about that for a second. Are you all in when it comes to your recovery. I sat in my therapist's office the other day lamenting some of the situations going on in my life professionally. I want things to be different. I want things to be drastically different. And I feel very, very tired of saying that. I've been saying that for the last 18 months or at least that period of time, probably longer. And the truth is I want things to be so drastically different than what they are in my life professionally. As I sat there, something like this came out of my mouth. My problem is that I don't know what it is that I want. Do I want to consult? Do I want to teach full time? Do I want to do worth recovery full time? I just don't feel like I'm all in anywhere in any of those circumstances. And all of a sudden, for the first time in weeks, I felt my body like physically relax. Inside of me, something fell into place. Truth came out of my mouth and my body recognized it first. My body knew and I knew it. I knew it was truth. I knew what my problem was, is really, because I'm still working through it. I'm not all in. I'm trying this and I'm trying that. I'm working a little bit here and a little bit there. I'm chasing this lead and this possibility. I feel like I'm so incredibly busy and I am, I'm incredibly busy, but I'm not really seeing fruits of those labors. I'm not seeing my ideas come to fruition. I'm not seeing the success I desire or the changes that I want. And it hit me while I was sitting there in her office. I can't be successful until I'm all in somewhere. I thought about that all day. I would say the words kind of haunted me even really. I started asking myself, where am I all in? Is there anywhere, anything in my life where I'm all in? Anywhere, anything? 
After thinking and writing and talking and praying and talking to others and talking to myself, I came to this conclusion. Yes, yes, there are three areas of my life where I am all in, 100% all in. Those three areas are recovery, family, and God. I made another realization, another nugget of truth came out in this process. In those three areas of my life, recovery, family, and God, things are good. Things are really good. Not necessarily easy, not always a walk in the park, more feels like an obstacle course on the side of a mountain 6,000 feet in the air, but even amid the chaos and the grief and the struggle, I am at peace in those areas of my life and things are really, really good. I work a recovery program. I just celebrated my fourth year of sobriety. All of the women I sponsor have had recent major sobriety milestones as well. I have people I call a daily routine, step work and accountability. I'm staying sober. I'm recognizing the areas of my life where I also need some sobriety, other areas of my life where I have addictive tendencies. But I'm not just staying sober. My life is changing. The way I view myself and others is changing. My relationship skills are growing. I'm becoming more real and authentic. My capacity to be rigorously honest is growing. I show up as myself and I don't ever really feel that need to put on a mask. My recovery is changing my life. And in that area, I am all in. I'm also all in when it comes to my higher power. I regularly reach out for divine help. I seek God's will in my life and I do everything I can to execute the things I feel called and assigned to do by my higher power. I feel a constant peace and serenity as I seek spirituality in my life and I seek ways to acknowledge and be grateful for the incredible things that I've been given and blessed with. I meditate. I spend time consistently connecting with my higher power. My connection to God is changing my life. And in that area, I am all in. My family is the third area of my life where I am all in. It's not perfect. It's not even close to perfect. There are arguments, fights, mean things are said consistently. There are members who have decided to disengage and not spend time with us. I lost my dad to cancer five years ago and will lose my mom to cancer in the coming months. I'm grieving. I'm grieving what was and wasn't enough, what happened and shouldn't have happened, and what should have happened and what didn't. It's not easy. It's very hard to watch some of the behaviors and emotions that grieving and losing a parent does to people. These are some of the hardest moments of my days, interacting with my family. Yet amid the chaos and the grief and the emotion, we are healing. And maybe not as a group yet, but a little bit as a group. And definitely individual relationships are healing. My relationships with my siblings, with my mom are healing. I am showing up. I'm present. I'm real. I'm authentic. I haven't had regrets for comments I've made or my behaviors or interactions with any of them for quite some time. I had some amazingly sweet and tender moments with my family over the holidays. Days and events where I felt loved, appreciated, and included. Wanted. Moments that I will never forget. And I was present for each one of them, and I felt love for each member of my family. 
My family relationships are changing and they're improving. And in that area of my life, I am all in. As I continued to reflect on this concept of being all in, I kept coming back to this truth. Professionally, I'm not all in anywhere. I am half in here and half in there and a quarter in here. Well, I guess that doesn't really work because that adds up to more than 100%. But you get the picture, right? I'm dabbling here. I'm dabbling there. I'm trying this. I'm trying that. I'm hoping that it will be enough. I'm hoping something will magically happen to fulfill my dreams. I can't help but laugh as I say this, though, because I know that that is not how this works. And, and yet somehow I kind of let this uncommitment sneak into my life. I had to sit down and I had to be really real with myself on what is going on with me. I am still in the process of figuring this all out, how I got here, what is going on with me, why I can't seem to commit in this area of my life. And as I wrote and thought and prayed and walked and listened and talked, all these different things, it came down to one thing for me, fear. I'm afraid. Actually, I'm scared. I would say maybe even panicked. (laughs) Sheer panic kind of runs through me and my mind, my body, when I think about jumping all in professionally. That is something I have to work through. That is something that I'm working on right now. Actually, putting this episode together has really helped me to work through most of this fear. I have this fear of being unsuccessful. I have this fear that I'm not enough professionally. I have this fear that I'm going to put all this time and all this effort into things and people are just going to reject me. It's the same and very similar fear I have about relationships. The biggest surprise for me came in discovering this problem. If you looked at my life, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, she's not all in. She lacks commitment. In fact, no one really ever says that about me. (laughs) I usually get the opposite comments. People tell me how committed they feel that I am and wish that they could do that as well. I have found that it is not hard to be committed, but it is hard to stay committed, kind of like New Year's resolutions. And there are so many ways that non-commitment sneaks into our lives. Does that make sense? There are so many tricky things that can happen in our lives and in our recovery that trick us into thinking that we are all in, that we are committed, when really we're not. So, As I work on my all-in level professionally, I wanted to start the new year with you asking you this question. Are you all-in when it comes to your recovery? Are you committed to your recovery? Whatever that recovery is for you, whether it's sex addiction or codependency, whether it's substance abuse or food addiction, whether that is recovery from dysfunctional families or from physical abuse, are you all-in when it comes to your recovery? There's a saying in recovery circles that goes something like this. Whatever you prioritize and put above your recovery, you will lose. Sometimes I've heard it said kind of jokingly like this. Whatever you put above your sobriety will be the second thing that you lose. Of course, implying that your sobriety will be the first thing you lose. And then whatever else you put above that will be the second Whatever your phrase of choice, this is a principle that I have learned and observed in recovery. Whatever you put above your recovery, you will lose. Whatever I put above my recovery, I will lose. That seems harsh, right? And it kind of seems a little extreme. I remember thinking both of those things about this principle when I first heard it. I mean, 
Shouldn't my family spending time with my spouse or my children come before my recovery? Shouldn't my relationship with my higher power, with God, come before my recovery? Shouldn't repairing the damage I did in my addiction come before myself being selfish about my recovery? How about providing for my family? How about career or making advancements in my chosen profession? Shouldn't my financial status come before my recovery? How about my health? I mean, that one definitely, right? should come before my recovery. Those are all worthy and good things to focus on in our lives. In my experience, both personal experience and in observing the women and men I work with and see in recovery, the answer to all of those questions is no. No, those things cannot come before your recovery. Whatever you put above your recovery, you will lose. If you're serious about recovery, if you're serious about being the best version of yourself, about not only stopping your addictive or destructive behavior, but changing your life, repairing relationships, changing the entire trajectory of your life, nothing, I repeat, nothing, can come before your recovery. You must be all in when it comes to recovery. All in. That means we hold back nothing. We are all in. The statistics on recovery are discouraging and downright depressing, I would say, actually. Using statistics from sexhelp.com and from AA, this is how recovery works by the numbers. In the U.S., There are 321 million people. 31 million of those people are sex addicts. That is just about 10% or 1 in 10. 1 in 10 people in the United States are sex addicts. 1 in 10. Does that feel startling to you? Because I remember seeing that for the first time and thinking, wow, that is crazy. But 10%, so 1 in 10. Now, I'm going to use some AA statistics to help us understand recovery from or for sex addiction. We don't have a lot of sex addiction recovery statistics yet, but AA reports that 1% of people who identify as alcoholics seek recovery. 1% of people that identify as an alcoholic seeks recovery. So using that number for sex addicts, we're saying that 1% of sex addicts will seek recovery. So we started with 31 million sex addicts, 31 million sex addicts, and only 1% or 300,000 of those people will even seek recovery. Those are people that identify as sex addicts and will actually go out and try to find some type of help, 300,000. Of those who seek recovery, only roughly 5 to 6% of them will stay in recovery, what they call long-term. Now, I don't think it's really long-term because it's only five years. So they're saying of those people who seek recovery, only 5 or 6% of them will stay in recovery for five years. Using our numbers, that means that only 15 to 18,000 people will stay in recovery long-term. And again, I don't think it's long-term, it's only five years, but that is the statistic that we have. So as those numbers start to sink in, I just want to review them one more time and let the gravity of those numbers kind of sink into your mind. There are 321 million people in the U.S. 31 million of those identify as having a problem with sex. That comes from sexhelp.com. And these people are sex addicts of some sort. They've identified, self-identified that. That's 10% or one in 10. If you look around you, 
Find 10 cars. I don't know where you're where you are. If you're in your car walking, I don't know. 10 people, one of those 10 people, one of them will identify as a sex addict or identify as having a problem with sex. Of those 31 million who are addicts, only 1% or 300,000 will seek recovery of any kind, people, any kind. Whether that's a 12-step meeting, whether that's inpatient, whether that's therapy, you're seeking recovery of any kind, 300,000 people. That is sad to me. Now, 1%, 300,000 people. For lots of years, that was me, knowing I had a serious problem, but not seeking any help for it. It was scary to seek recovery. 1% of people seek recovery. Now, of that 1%, so we've gone from 321 million people in the U.S., 31 million who are addicts, and only 300,000, and we're talking sex addicts here, right? And only 300,000 will seek recovery. And of that 300,000, only five to six will stay in long term. That's 15 to 18,000. We'll just say 18,000. We'll go generous. Only 18,000 of them will stay in recovery long term. So when you go to your next fellowship or support meeting, look around. If there are 18 of you, only one of you will stay in recovery long term. One of you. And if you're the one that has been in recovery long term, because that's me. I've been in recovery for more than five years. If I'm the one that is staying, that means that there are 17 people out there who aren't staying, who have gone back to their addiction. And that hurts my heart. I've been in recovery for five years, so I am that one in 18 that stayed. And that is because I am all in when it comes to my recovery. All in. I'm a math major, so I know that statistics can be manipulated. I know how to manipulate statistics. I want you to know that I use the most conservative numbers and the links to what I have shared on this um, are on the website. I got the statistics from uh, sexhelp.com and then from AA. So I'll link to those on the website if you're interested in that. Recovery is not for the faint of heart, as we see by the statistics. Recovery requires everything from you absolutely everything. You cannot put anything above it or prioritize anything in front of it. Time and time again, I've seen people do this. I've seen them get a few months of sobriety, learn a few skills, see things maybe start to change in their lives, and then they're out. They start skipping meetings, not making phone calls. They stop therapy. They walk around calling themselves cured or recovered. And I don't know a single one of them who is still sober or who is still living in recovery because they weren't all in. I also know many women and men who believe that they are all in and who don't understand why they aren't making the progress that they want to make. Similar to how I've been struggling professionally, they are struggling with recovery to figure out what is going on. They walk around and say, like I did to my therapist, I want my life to be so different, drastically different from what is what it is now. Over and over again, they find themselves saying, why this again? I thought I was doing better. I need my life to be different. Sometimes this non-commitment sneaks into our lives and we don't quite see that we aren't all in. So the question of the day for you is, are you all in? Are you all in when it comes to your recovery? Are you going to be that one in 18 that stays in recovery? And collectively, are we going to be that generation and group of people who blows that statistic out of the water? Because I want to be. 
I'm the one in 18, and so is my sponsor. I look around at the women and men that I know in recovery, and I pray and hope that they are the one in 18 that stays. I don't want to lose any of them. I want the statistic to be 18 in 18. Of those that seek real recovery, 18 of 18 stay in recovery long term. That's the statistic that I want. Are you all in when it comes to recovery? In our next few episodes, we are going to discuss this topic and we're going to rip it apart and talk about it. We're going to look at indicators that we are all in and we're going to look at some of the things that prevent us from being all in, some of the myths that we say in our minds. After that, we're going to discuss how to level up our recovery. How do we take our recovery to the next level? I can't wait to discuss some of these ideas with you and learn from you as well, because I know that a lot of you out there have a lot of recovery and a lot of ideas and a a lot of methods and a lot of things that work. And I want us to be able to share those. Now, in 2017 with this podcast, I want to change things up just a little bit. I really want what we discuss to have an impact in your life. I really want these words to add value to your recovery. In order to do that, at the end of each episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework, a few small things to do and to think about before our next episode, okay? So today you have two assignments, two things to think about before our next episode. First, I want to hear from you. I want to know if you are all in when it comes to your recovery. So in order to do that, I want you to get on the website and I want you to comment on this episode with the words all in. And tell me where you are listening from. I'd love to hear from each one of the thousands of listeners that we have out there throughout the world. Get on the website, www.worthrecovery.com. Go to this episode. This is episode 80, All In. And tell me where you're listening from and let me know that you are all in. You can also comment right in the Podbean app. If you are using Podbean to access this podcast, simply click on the comment button, tell me where you are, and comment the words all in. So I know that you are going to be all in when it comes to your recovery. I would love to see thousands and thousands of you get on and say all in. So that's your first assignment. Second, I want you to share this episode with someone that you know in recovery. One of the ways that we stay all in when it comes to recovery is to have accountability. I know for me, that has been a big aspect of me staying all in. Share this episode with someone and talk about your commitment level to recovery. Ask them to help keep you honest. Ask them to be your accountability partner as you go through these next few episodes together and level up your recovery. Quick recap. First assignment. I want to hear from you. So get in on the website, on Facebook, or on the Podbean app. Tell me where you're listening from and express your commitment to be all in. Second, share this episode. Find an accountability partner. Find someone that maybe has gone by the wayside or you haven't seen for a while at your circles, your fellowship circles, wherever it is. Find someone, bring them back in, share this episode, and find an accountability partner. Now, a few things I want to share with you before we close. First, I want you to know that I am all in when it comes to recovery. I will stumble or fall sometimes. I will misstep and mess up. I will cause pain that I don't mean to unintentionally along the way. But I am all in. I am not going back to a life of addiction. 
My recovery grows and changes along the way, but I am all in when it comes to recovery. And though it was rough and tough at first, my life is so much better than it was. So different, so beautiful, and so amazing. I am all in when it comes to recovery. Second, I've made my decision professionally, and I am all in when it comes to worth recovery. I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm scared of what exactly that means, but I've made my decision and I'm incredibly excited about what is to come. I've been flooded with more ideas on how to connect and support women in recovery and how we can support each other and how we can make this a movement. So I want you to know that I am all in when it comes to worth recovery. Third, so many of you have asked about my mom and expressed your love and support during this incredibly difficult time. I want you to know how much that means to me. I really appreciate knowing that there are so many thinking about us and praying for us. I had an amazing holiday with my mother, some really beautiful, tender, healing moments with my mom and my family, and some of the hardest times as well. Watching her decline, dealing with health struggles, and enduring so much pain is so difficult to watch. I took two weeks off during the holidays to spend as much time as possible with her. I don't know how long we'll have her, but I know it's not long. But I wanted you to know that I am incredibly grateful for your support. And fourth and last, don't forget that we have a Worth Recovery event coming up in just two weeks. January 21st in the Salt Lake City, Utah area, we'll be engaged in the struggle. Now talk about an opportunity to commit, to be all in, and to level up your recovery. If you're not registered, get registered. If you're going to be there, get registered. You can get on the website, www.worthrecovery.com. Go to the events area at the top and make it happen. Now, the early bird pricing option has passed, but for you podcast listeners, you can still get early bird pricing if you use the promo code podcast SLC for like Salt Lake City, right? So podcast SLC is the promo code. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S-L-C. Podcast SLC is the promo code. And that will give you the early bird pricing of $99 instead of the regular pricing. You will want to be at this event. You'll want to hear from these amazing CSAT therapists. That is like four hours of therapy for $99. Nowhere are you going to get that deal. Plus, you'll be able to connect with other women in the area and build your support network. You can register online at www.worthrecovery.com. Use the promo code PODCASTSLC to get the early bird pricing discount. Don't forget your homework. Check in with me. Let me know that you're all in and share this podcast. Share this episode with someone. As always, I hope that you remember that you are worth recovery. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter how shameful you feel about what's happened or what's happening, no matter what others around you are saying or doing, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I believe in you. I know that you can do it. Keep up the fight. I think about you. I pray for you. And I love you. Until next time, Amy.
legal stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.